Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. You're really, you're really taking the thing over on me? Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. Let me stop the music here. Stop the music so everybody can get off. You know, it's so hard to find good help these days. Just take a moment. This, <laughs> this is your... Listen, if this is your moment to get discovered, let me know how that works out. I've been trying for 32 years and still butkus. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It uh, maybe timing is everything. Well, good afternoon and welcome to a uh, much, uh, how should we say, maligned and raucous starts to another edition of Lifeline for the what is it with my glasses off? Blind as a bat for the nineteenth day of October. In case you had missed track, Craig Roberts in your shell-like ears. Great to have you on board for another edition of Lifeline. That is the last time I say. If I'm not back in time, start without me, because they take you way too literally around here. All right. Let's get down to cases, shall we? got a great show lined up. Coming up a little bit later on, holiday travel. Really haven't talked about that in the last year or so. Of course, with the COVID situation, not many folks really traveling. But now that we're beginning to see things open back up again, a bit of a move towards looking at the opportunity to spend time with friends and family over the holidays. But what can you expect to encounter Everything from the need for travel insurance, what kind of travel insurance, face mask policies, vaccination policies, uh, how brutal might it be given the amount of time that the pilots took off with Southwest Airlines? And could your holiday travel plans turn into a disaster? Well, Christopher Elliott, who is the co-founder of Travelers United, you undoubtedly read his column in the San Francisco Chronicle, The Travel Troubleshooter. Chris is going to be with us a little bit later on in tonight's program to give you all the inside-out story related to holiday travel as we head into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Can't believe we're already there, just about, huh? Also, Shirley Sherman's going to join us. There's going to be a national call to prayer tomorrow, Wednesday, the 20th, um, to really call upon believers to unite in uh, praying for and calling to action um, supernatural destruction of COVID-19 as it has destroyed so many lives. And we'll tell you more about how you can be a part of that nationwide call to prayer coming up a little bit later on. Well, speaking of destruction, boy, haven't we seen in probably the last generation destruction of our constitutional rights? So many of our liberties seem to be threatened. People maybe are beginning to find out that um, freedom may be a wonderful thing to experience, but it isn't free. It comes with enormous cost. Part of that cost is not only fighting to get it, but then fighting to keep it. I am reminded of the question posed to Benjamin Franklin by a passerby as they were coming out of that first um, congressional meetings related to the, uh, the formation of our nation. And the question was posed, what kind of a government have you given us? And uh, allegedly, Benjamin Franklin shot back a constitutional republic, if you can keep it. The process of keeping it is uh, maybe even more work than the process of forming it. Toward that end, Pacific Justice Institute working towards uh, help 
protect our constitutional rights on an ever-growing basis. With an update, we're joined by the founder and president of Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus, a constitutional lawyer in his own right, and counselor, as always, great to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Craig. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I, I don't know whether do we do we break a bottle of champagne like on the bow of a ship when <laughs> when something like this happens. I I I almost want to say, gosh, I remember him when he was just a little tiny lawyer, <laughs> and, and look at him now. How many states is Pacific Justice Institute working in now that you were announcing the opening of your new office in Georgia? Uh, we have uh, offices now in 16 states, uh, and those states that we have those offices probably are, make up more than 80 percent of the population of the United States. So, uh, you know, the West Coast, of course, we have four offices in California, and uh, you know, Oregon, Washington State, Nevada, Colorado, Texas, Mississippi, Florida, uh, and you know, New York, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, um, yeah, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and then uh, Illinois, and now Atlanta, and now it's an office in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and the rumor has it that you've just simply done all of this expansion because you're after the frequent flyer miles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah, Ohio. I don't know if I mentioned Ohio, but yeah. So it's 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 um, it is yeah, we're we're keeping very very busy, Craig, but. The, 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 it's by God's providence, we've done tremendous expansion just a very short, just the last few years, and now we, we, we realize why, because there's so many people that are asking for help. We have a over a 600% increase year-to-year in requests for, for help, and uh, a lot of people of faith are losing their jobs, um, you know, because of, of, of mandates that have come down, on, and um, it's uh, parents are, you know, dealing with the crises of having there are strong convictions about their child and, they, and the, the government trying to impose uh, things on their children that violate their convictions, and like the jab, for example. So um, we're very, very busy on so many different fronts, and by God's grace, we're making sure everyone gets help uh, without charge. That's that's what makes it sort of unique. We make sure everyone gets help, and it's without charge. This has got to create for you, though, Brad, a little bit of a minor internal conflict. And by that, I mean that as much as it's exciting to see your baby here uh, growing, and I'll never forget our conversation over lunch with Bob Carlson, God rest his soul, at Chili's, uh, discussing your fleece and your expansion plans, or your, your initial, I should say, launch plans yes. for Pacific Justice yes. Institute all those years ago. And I, I would imagine, though, that for you, there's got to be a little bit of a, a, a sense of, you know, sweet bitterness. In, in, and by that, I mean that as the expansion of the influence and impact of Pacific Justice Institute has grown to so many states now, that's also indicative of the fact that there are challenges that people are facing in relationship to their constitutional rights being challenged at various levels in private industry, government, etc., uh, that that kind of necessitates this kind of growth. Oh, exactly. It's We didn't grow because we wanted to grow. We just were meeting needs. And in the process of meeting the needs, we had to grow. And uh, we've got cases all over the country. These attorneys in these offices are very busy. And now about half of our, you know, California will always uh, be our, you know, headquarters, always be our, you know, number one battleground area for obvious reasons. 
and uh, you know that's why we have these offices in California. But about half our cases now are outside of California because there's so many now, uh, so many struggles taking place throughout the, throughout the country. It's not just on the left coast, if you will. So um, we're uh, by God's grace we're stepping up, and we greatly appreciate those, of course, who support our our, our legal ministry. It uh, really means um, it's, 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 we're having an impact, a huge impact, and it's, uh, we never forget uh, how God uses people to make that happen. Uh, is it um, is it a surprise to you uh, to look back on the last uh, two and a half decades and see the amount of erosion? I mean, you're you're kind of in the front lines of the battlefield, and I would suppose to someone who's just sort of a casual observer to look at where we're at today and say, my goodness, you know, for a nation where so much of this was groundbreaking uh, with the launch initially and breaking it free from um, Great Britain and the founding of our country, the Declaration of Independence, the formation of our Constitution, Bill of Rights, and, and to see that all of a sudden now it's almost at some levels as if we're having to refight many of the battles, in a sense, that our founding fathers were battling 270 years ago. You're absolutely right, and uh, that's why you know the stakes are very, very high. Uh, and yet, uh, we're we have lots of lots of cases. We still have many more uh, wins than we do losses, and we have a great Supreme Court, uh, thanks to the former president's appointments, fantastic set of, uh, federal judges, and we're really actually very optimistic as we take on these. Because as long as we make sure every pitch doesn't make it past the plate, that we hit every single one. Um, eventually, it's going to come around to the Supreme Court and uh, really setting good case law. So it's, it's a hideous the assault. You know, the church is being un- unreasonably, unfairly shut down. Um, people on the massive millions losing their jobs because of their faith. Uh, you know, hardworking Americans. This is something I've never thought I would see in my lifetime, and yet we still have a, a great hope of success as we make sure all of these people get the help that they need, and we have it all on on our website uh, dealing with these issues uh, without charge. Well, again, we appreciate the hard work and the efforts, and uh, congratulations on the uh, the launching of the new State of Georgia Office of Pacific Justice Institute. You can get more information about their great work, especially as you think towards um, end-of-year giving. I know, shame on me for mentioning the end of the year, but <laughs> it'll be here before you know it. Information on the web, pacificjustice.org. <coughs> Pardon me, all choked up. Pacificjustice.org. That's Pacific justice.org. Our thanks to Brad Dacus, constitutional lawyer, founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. And I knew him when he was just a little tiny lawyer, like maybe two inches tall. <laughs> 516 from KFAX. Nah, he was taller than that. He was at least three. Let's get a look at traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I'm here reading a news story on Fox. This is out of New York, and it doesn't indicate where the flight originated, or I imagine probably JFK, uh, or where it was bound for. But isn't this a pleasant way that you want to start your business trip or your vacation? An unruly woman captured on video ranting into a microphone about the COVID-19 pandemic in the middle of a commercial flight. Well, I guess that beats trying to open the the cockpit door and take over or maybe step outside for a bit of fresh air. Um, crew, of course, had to eventually uh, basically tackle her and get her 
strapped into her seat again with, I don't know, zip tie or duct tape or something. But just indicative of the changes in travel since COVID. And there seems to be a lot more crazy people apparently getting aboard airplanes, too, or at least maybe getting well lubricated before they step uh, aboard airplane, and that's uh, that's not encouraging either. So, how do you manage all of this, especially now as uh, we've got more and more Americans vaccinated and travelers beginning to open up? You might have missed going back to see friends and family last Christmas, but if you're thinking about travel for these holidays, what do you need to be aware of? And most importantly, how do you best need to be prepared? Well, let's get some insights now. Christopher Elliott joins us. He is co-founder of Travelers United. You know him locally if you're a reader of the San Francisco Chronicle in his column called The Travel Troubleshooter. He's a senior contributor to Forbes magazine, writing about technology and travel, and the author of How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler and Save Time, Money, and Hassle. And Chris, great to have you on the program. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Boy, the world of travel has really changed. I mean, it used to be basically, let's see what you can do to get the best rate, maybe uh, add the most miles to your frequent flyer miles, things of that sort. And, uh, you know, other than maybe dealing with the delays and hassles of security, uh, most of us kind of had the the program down. Now, when we add not just post-9-11 security, but a decreased number of flights available, challenges related to COVID, new security policies related to COVID put in place, and then folks getting on board doing crazy things like <clears throat> the woman out of New York. Uh, this really becomes a whole new adventure, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, it almost feels like you needed a survival manual. It's <laughs> not, you know, your favorite blog that you go to to find tips on maximizing your frequent flyer miles. You feel like you almost you're in a bunker and you need to have a survival manual and pack you know and people by the way I, sh- I would say you can't pack a weapon but it almost feels like you need some sort of self defense maybe self defense training before you get on a plane these days. Boy, isn't that true? And you know one thing I learned and and, and this was this was a moment of serendipity for me. <clears throat> I had booked last year a trip to South America for March, and of course we all know what happened in March. And something, I never did it before, but something told me, you know, just for giggles and grins, things sometimes get a little wonky at the office. So buy a little travel insurance in case you have to change your plans that you're, you know, you're able to have some kind of protection. And boy, was I grateful for doing that because, of course, COVID upended travel worldwide back in March of 2020. And I'd like to spend a couple of moments in our time tonight talking about travel insurance, not just interruption, but even health insurance these days, and what travelers need to be thinking about. I understand that there are a lot of choices out there, and it's a bit more complicated. You know, back in the day when I first started flying, and this is really going to date me, Christopher, uh, you walked up to a little automated kiosk machine there in the airport, and you put your credit card in, you paid 20 or $30 for travel interruption service that also covered you if your bags were lost, things of that sort, and, and you were content to go along your way. Um, it's got a bit more involved in that, and of course, that's because, as we delineated at the start of our conversation, travel is more involved. Absolutely true. I'm really glad that you brought up travel insurance, because it's something that is so often overlooked and glossed over. One of the reasons why is that it is complicated, but it doesn't have to be. There's really two different types of travel insurance right now. There is uh, something called uh, name peril insurance, and that just covers the things that could go wrong when you travel. 
a trip interruption, for example, a medical emergency, uh, if you have to get evacuated, things like that. And then the other type, a little bit more expensive, is called cancel for any reason. And that is, for whatever reason you want to not go on your trip, you can tell the insurance company, and you'll get a percentage back, usually between 50 and 75% of the cost of your trip. And those are non-refundable prepaid expenses. Um, the I think people don't, are, are, well, increasingly they are thinking more and more about travel insurance, but they're also getting very confused because, uh, you know, as you say, it's complicated. There are a lot of moving parts. Um, but if you just remember those two things, that you have name perils, which covers you in case something goes wrong, a specific name peril is covered, or cancel for any reason, those are the two basic flavors. You can't go wrong. Now, let's talk about some of these options in a bit more detail so that folks listening understand the terminology. Now, for example, cancellation insurance, well, that's that's pretty straightforward. I imagine that uh, there are policies that will apply whether you cancel or it gets canceled on you. Now, we've seen, for example, uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, a bit of a labor dispute going on with Southwest Airlines. So in a lot of cases, folks showed up at the airport ready to take off and found that their flight was canceled. If you're flying domestically, maybe that's not the end of the world. If you're overseas and you get stuck trying to come home or trying to head off to maybe, you know, meet a ship to go on a cruise or something, and all of a sudden you find out that your flight has been canceled through no fault of your own, uh, that can frustrate folks. Yeah, so here's the thing. If you want a sure thing, if you want to be able to cancel, not worry about any of the reasons for canceling, um, then you want to do the cancel for any reason type insurance. You'll pay a little bit more. It's usually 10 to 12%. But, you know, when you mention cancellations and uh, or inter- trip interruptions, uh, they actually, in, in a name perils policy, they will actually say a labor shortage or a labor outage is, is covered or not covered. Um, so they're, they get very, very granular and very specific, and that's why you have to read the policy. You can't gloss over. You can't let someone else read it for you. You actually have to read and see what is and isn't covered. You know, too often I run into, and as you know, you mentioned at the top of the segment that I help people resolve their travel problems. I write a column called The Travel Troubleshooter. Well, too often you find people have not read the policy language, so they don't even know what's covered. They just assume if something goes wrong or they can file a claim. That isn't always true. And, you know, sadly, we've gotten used to that. I mean, let's face it, anytime you want to go and join a website, uh, you're going to sign up for software, something of that sort. Uh, there's this, you know, 500-page document in extremely explicit legalese, and at the bottom you have two options. I've read and accept or I decline. And, of course, if you decline, that's it. They kick you out. End of story. So most Americans are just accustomed to read and accept and keep it moving, having no idea what it is that they've agreed to. And, you know, while that might not be a big a big issue and when you're trying to join, you know, uh, a, a social media platform, when it comes to travel insurance, that can be very problematic. So how do folks get past all of the legalese to be able to truly understand what they're buying? And are there any, Christopher, uh, comparison school, it's tools? For example, I can go to a place like, not to promote it, but Kayak, if I want to take a look at a variety of airlines and get a chance to compare departure times, length of flight, stopovers, and of course the price point. So it kind of helps make that sort of shopping easier. Is there anything like that out there that kind of makes the, the uh, 
kind of does the hard work for us so that we understand exactly what we're buying and what our options are if we look at a different carrier? There are sites like uh, tripinsurance.com, travelinsurance.com that will do that work for you. They have good buyers, buyer guides and where you can compare different policies. Um, the, the problem with these policies is that they are all what are considered adhesion contracts. You, know, you mentioned the social media things. I'm, I'm not sure if that was the uh, example you were going for because you do really sign away a lot of your rights when you sign up for a social media platform. But, um, but people click on it anyway, as you know. They, they just click on the, the accept button and off they go. That's wrong. And, you know, it happens so often in American business. It's morally wrong to stick a contract in front of someone and just say, hey, take it or leave it, sign or not. But that's exactly what's going on right now with travel insurance. You can't change the, the contract. Um, they don't allow individuals to do that. So you really have to read it and say, this is what I want. And if you don't want it, you've got to go find a different one. And that's where those buyer guides like uh, trip insurance and travelinsurance.com come in. They will help you uh, compare policies and, and make a more informed purchasing decision. And I should note, by the way, too, that I have a, a website. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization where we help people make more informed choices about all their travel purchases. And that URL is Elliot.org with two L's and two T's. So if you ever run into problems, we would be happy to help you, too. And that's simply Elliot.org? Yeah, it's E-L-L-I-O-T-T dot O-R-G. Um, and we also have a service. We help people who have gotten themselves into trouble. Say, for example, you buy travel insurance and they will not honor the claim. You can go to Elliot.org forward slash help. And there is a form that you can fill out. And our help is completely free. We're a nonprofit. So... We, we just try to help people wherever we can. That's a great service because, you know, as folks discover, and it's a lifelong lesson, the old adage, what the big print giveth, the little print taketh away. <laughs> and a lot of people don't take the time to read the little print, and then suddenly they think they've got something and they don't have it at all, and it gets them in all kinds of trouble. Christopher Elliott with us today, co-founder of Travelers United. He's also the author of The Travel Troubleshooter, which you can read inside the pages here in the Bay Area of the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh, we're not done yet. Much more to discuss. We'll talk, too, about things like when you travel overseas or to another state, do you need to necessarily take the additional car rental insurance out that they offer you? Um, what about uh, things like medical insurance if you get sick or injured overseas? Uh, what about insurance for the entirely Unexpected. For example, um, you're overseas and, I don't know, you go to Spain for a wonderful vacation and uh, the volcano erupts. Now what do you do? You need to be evacuated off of an island. Uh, who's going to pay for the helicopter? We'll answer all these questions and more. Best-known travel expert Christopher Elliott, Travelers United, with us today. The Travel Troubleshooter, that's the name of his Chronicle column. And we'll get back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. As more and more are heading to the skies these days when it comes to uh, uh, travel over the holidays, some are finding out that the skies are not quite as friendly as they used to be. And a lot of that ranges from, you know, not only security-related issues, but, of course, uh, new policies in place in relationship to COVID and an increasing percentile of pretty unruly passengers. And I think uh, Christopher Elliott, by the way, is with us tonight. He is co-founder of Travel. United, and he's the author of the Traveler Troubleshooter column read in the San Francisco Chronicle. From your perspective,
perspective as a professional in this arena, uh, Christopher, to what do you attribute this uptick in the lack of civility? I mean, you know, every once in a while you run into somebody on the plane that's had a little bit too many of the little tiny airplane bottles and you just kind of write it off to, well, they're cutting loose, they're heading out on vacation. But now we're seeing people getting into significant altercations, passengers fighting passengers, and of course, you know, punching uh, uh, flight attendants and everything else. I mean, this is, this is up until recent wholly unheard of. What, what, so what do we attribute this uptick in, in the lack of civility in the air? Well, we've always had a problem with people being uncivil, unruly on planes. And you know, the reason why is that uh, over the years, in economy class, the amount of personal space that people have had has shrunk. So it's gone from about 36 inches of uh, leg room that's pitched between seats before airline deregulation to, in some cases, less than 30 inches. Some airlines have 28 inches of seat pitch. So your knees are right up against the next guy's seat. Um, adds to that, though, the requirement to wear a mask, and now people feel even more constricted, like rats in a maze. So, so they're, they're trapped inside this pressurized aluminum tube and then you have flight attendants who are charged with enforcing these mask rules, and sometimes they're not being very nice about it. So you have these videos that you've seen of people trying to physically assault flight attendants, um, and it's, it's usually over a mask. There's usually alcohol involved. Very, very unfortunate. You know, people, uh, the, the, the airline industry wants to increase the number of fines, but I don't think that's necessarily the solution. I think you have to look at the entire problem, which is that you cannot continue reducing the amount of personal space, forcing people to wear a mask, and then putting them in kind of this police state environment where they're bound to lash out at some point. You know, that makes perfect sense, every bit of it. And a lot of it I put squarely back in the lap of the FAA who was allowed this. I mean, anybody who's been on an airplane uh, knows that it's gone from what had been a uh, a real classy experience. We got into, you know, coats and ties and, and ate with real silverware. Of course, all that was uh, put on the kibosh uh, after 9-11. But it's, it's gone from what was almost an elegant experience to – Gee, do we really have to do this? I don't know. The option is have a <laughs> have a root canal or get in an airplane. I, I let me think. Um, so your point is a valid one, and I, maybe somebody listening from the FAA will decide. Yeah, maybe we need to re-regulate at least some aspects of airline travel. Let's talk about another insurance component. You never want it to happen. But um, you're overseas. You get into an accident. You get injured. Maybe you get sick. COVID certainly can be a complicator of these uh, matters. And uh, your your home health insurance, not necessarily going to cover you. And I know for folks that are retirement age that rely upon Medicare for their uh, primary health insurance, that doesn't cover overseas travel. So what's a person to do? No, it doesn't. And uh, that most people don't even know that. They think that when they go overseas, that their health insurance will cover them. Uh, all you have to do is uh, cross the border, go to Canada, go to Mexico, see if you can get a doctor's appointment without paying cash. You can't. You have to, you have to <clears throat> either pay cash or show them a valid insurance card. So travel insurance fixes that. Um, you can also get a supplement to your medical coverage that will work overseas. Uh, sometimes uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield will sell you something like that. 
Um, but you really need to think about this before you go. And I'll tell you why. A lot of countries now have imposed health insurance requirements. And if you don't have enough coverage, they will not let you into the country. And the reason why is they want to make sure that if you get sick, especially with COVID going around, that you're going to be able to afford the hospital. Otherwise, they don't even want you to visit. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who had a heart event while traveling in Italy and had the foresight before getting on the airplane to buy medical insurance coverage overseas and was infinitely glad that they did because they didn't want to take a credit card. And if it wasn't for the insurance coverage, uh, that could have been a financial disaster, not least of which uh, they won't let you out of the country until you paid the bill. And so, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's an important thing to do. Do you begin by checking with your own health insurance carrier, or are there um, insurance carriers that strictly provide overseas and, and, and travel medical insurance to talk to? That's a good place to start. And chances are the answer is going to be no, that we're not going to cover you if you're outside the country. So then you talk to your travel agent, or you go online to one of the sites that we talked about before, and you find a policy that will cover you. And the other thing, too, that you might want to look into is a a medical evacuation membership like MetJet or Global Rescue, and those will actually uh, get you to the nearest hospital to your home. Uh, They will uh, operate air ambulances, so if something very serious happens to you, they will fly you back to the States, um, and you won't have to worry about getting back on your own. Some health insurance policies they will cover you uh, to get back, but it'll be to the first hospital in the United States, so they won't take you all the way home under their policy. Uh, these these memberships will get you all the way back home. So I, I actually personally have an annual policy through Allianz, and then I have another policy um, through MedJet so that if something does go wrong, and they actually have an option, too, for things like... Um, uh, evacuation. So if something goes terribly wrong, if there's a volcano, you mentioned before the volcano, if there's a pandemic, but they'll get you back home. No questions asked. And I have to tell you, it does work because I used it. I was stuck in France during the outbreak. I called them. They got me on pretty much the next flight back to the United States. I never saw a bill. They just got me all the way back home. And, you know, the, the little extra money that you pay for that is, is you know, the old adage worth its weight in gold because you don't want to be overseas – have some kind of a significant health issue. And if you're somebody like me where you tend to pick, (laughs) you know, not the well-known countries, but the ones that hardly anybody ever goes to, at least none of your friends, and suddenly you say, yes, I'm here in beautiful, you know, Sarajevo or Madagascar, and I need to be airlifted because I've injured myself and there are no decent hospitals here, you're going to be very grateful for having that kind of um, insurance, particularly as you point out, you know, the unexpected. You might be in great shape. But if you went to Spain and suddenly the uh, the old volcano erupts or the country you're visiting has just experienced a significant earthquake and you need to get out, knowing that that insurance is there to make sure you have a way to get out, vitally important. Uh, finally, as just people begin to renegotiate airline travel once again, there are some people like myself that haven't been to an airport in uh, going on two years now. A- any uh, quick tips that you can afford us, both in terms of selecting travel arrangements and, and just some of the top things to keep in mind once they get back into the habit of traveling again? Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, first, I should note that most trips are actually taken by car in the United States. So if you're talking about holiday travel, most of it's going to be done by driving. It's the same rules that apply there. A lot of folks are taking the extra precaution. Maybe they're not uh, eating at restaurants or doing takeout meals or they're uh, going to a grocery store and just maintaining their social distancing. Um, but when it comes to airlines, the thing to realize is, is that actually now, as we're getting closer to the uh, holiday travel season, that the crowds are going to be probably be at historic levels. And the reason for that is that, like you, a lot of people have not been on a plane for two years, and they're just itching to get out there and do some traveling. And finally, it looks like this uh, pandemic is in the rearview mirror or almost in the rearview mirror, and so people are starting to plan their trips again. And so what you're going to see is probably record crowds around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, around New Year's. Get to the airport early. Uh, the TSA is a little bit different. There, they have Some of their rules have changed. Make sure that you read up on that before you go. Go to the TSA website. See what is and isn't allowed, especially if you're traveling with you know, medical equipment or something like that or uh, mom's pumpkin pie, whatever it is. Just make sure that you can get through. Um, and give yourself a little bit of extra time, too, at the airport. Um, one of the things that, you know, we talked about this before is just that people, uh, their fuses are a little bit shorter. There are more mid-air altercations, especially with the mask rolls. Just make sure that you do some deep breathing exercises, get a good movie or a book, give yourself plenty of time at the airport, and uh, don't forget to pack your sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> vitally important these days, along with, of course, your uh, your passport and your uh, vaccination card. Um, more insights available in um, Christopher Elliott's column, which appears in the San Francisco Chronicle, The Travel Troubleshooter. Again, that website, we shared it earlier. If you're running into some uh, brick walls, you need a little help negotiating your way through a, a challenge with travel insurance or need some other advice, you can go to his um Nonprofit website, Elliot.org. That's two L's, two T's, Elliot.org. And I mentioned, too, his book. Maybe you're looking to uh, kind of get read up on some of the important travel tips as you get back into the scheme of things. How to be the world's smartest traveler and save time, money, and hassle. Published, by the way, by National Geographic, and you can check that out as well. And we'd like to thank uh, Christopher Elliott the uh, travel expert for being with us here on Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, it's happening tomorrow, Wednesday, the 20th of October. It is a nationwide call to prayer and very timely um, given the ongoing challenges based on uh, COVID and the kind of impact that it's had and uh, claiming lives, decimating families. We just heard uh, tragically of the loss of Colin Powell, the uh, former Secretary of State who succumbs to COVID-19. And, um, you know, if we're going to see this thing destroyed, we need God's intervention. I think that's the bottom line. And while we applaud uh, man's ability to intervene through uh, God giving us the intelligence to create things like vaccines and whatnot, um, at the end of the day, there's a spiritual dynamic to all of this, and I think those that have a, a sense of discernment would agree there is a battle in high places being waged. And um, since we don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places, we need to use spiritual weapons 
of warfare. And in this case, it's calling believers to prayer across the nation. Let's get some more details. Sherry Lee Sherman joins us, founder of Yes, I Will Pray. It's a 24-7 global internet prayer cafe. She is also a certified marriage and family counselor and a celebrated author and composer. And Shirley, always good to have you with us. Tell us a bit about what is going to be happening at uh, 10 a.m. Central, I'm sorry, noon Central, 10 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we are declaring war. And we're not only declaring war, we are declaring victory because we know who we are in Christ. We know the authority that he has given to us. And we are corporately tomorrow at noon, as you said, Central Time, 10 o'clock West Coast Time, 1 o'clock East Coast Time. And if you're in Mountain Time, you're going to have to do the math, because I, I can never figure out with Daylight Savings what time it is there. But everybody just do it in your time zone. But we are going to corporately be declaring and speaking in unison the very same exact words. And it is the supernatural destruction of COVID-19. It's a declaration of the congregation. It is time that we come together as one voice, a clarion trumpet sound into the heavenlies, as you said, as you were getting ready to, to have me come on the air. This is not flesh and blood. This is about spiritual powers in high places. And this is a time where we must take the supernatural destruction of COVID-19 into our spiritual hands and wage war. And if if it's okay with you, because I know that there may be some people who have not gotten the declaration yet, and I don't know if they will, but if it's okay with you, you know, God doesn't live in time and space like we do. So whatever we say right now is always in the now with him. And so I would like to read this declaration because i know we're limited on time but if you if you're okay with that i'd like to absolutely read the absolutely that we're please. all going to read okay great here it is this is the supernatural destruction of covid19 declaration of the congregation lord god of the universe and king of all creation father of our lord and savior jesus christ today we declare you to be our omnipotent omniscient and the omnipresent ruler of our lives today on this 20th day of october 2021, we are gathered together with one focus. There has been an invasion of demonic forces operating under the name of COVID-19 who are working fervently to kill your children or at the very least impair them from working in their purpose. But the time is up. You've given to us, your disciples, all authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So with that blood-covered authority, we speak to every demonic force invading your children and those who are in the process of becoming your children. Listen up, COVID, and all of your offspring. You come to the end of the line. There's no legal ground for you anymore. We stand as one voice commanding you to get out. You are hereby rendered powerless, and we order you to depart to waterless places to wander aimlessly without any rest. You have zero permission to return to any of God's chosen ones. COVID-19 demon carriers, you are finished. The torment you impose will now be yours, only 1,000 times worse. And Father, now in Jesus' name, we send the healing word to everyone who is suffering right now from this evil virus. We say, rise and be healed and prepare to testify to the glory of God, your healer, Jesus. 
You shall not die, saints of God. Breathe in his breath without struggle. Receive his touch and feel strength flowing through your body. You are alive, healed, and whole body, soul, and spirit. And we praise you, Jesus, for life. We praise you for your love and praise you for making a record of this prayer. We cover every word with your blood. And having done all we stand, unmoved by anything that tries to elevate itself above your name, for in your powerful and perfect name, that is Jesus. We declare these words in unity. Amen and amen. Amen. And uh, I want to mention, by the way, that uh, this corporate prayer is going to be taking place tomorrow, regardless of where you are. Pause at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And, uh, you know, whether, whether you have a copy of the prayer in hands and can recite it or get the spirit of the, the nature of the prayer and, and, uh, and do so with some uh, fellow believers, maybe they're at work or wherever you, uh, you might be, we are urging everyone uh, to join in corporate prayer again tomorrow, Wednesday, October the 20th. That'll be at 12 noon Central, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and I think 11 Mountain if, <laughs> for those that are. Is that what it is? That is 11 Mountain. <laughs> I'm glad and, you can keep track of it. <laughs> and, 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 Cheryl Lee, for folks that want to get more information, give us the website to go to again. Okay. It's not the website. It's on Facebook. And it is, it is Yes, I Will Pray, or it is Declarations and Prayers for the Congregation. And it, that this declaration is on there. It's also on the Red Couch Live with Alan and Shirley. I mean, any place that our name is associated with it, you can find it on Facebook. You can also go to Yes, I Will Pray 24-7 at gmail.com. If you cannot get this, I don't know what else to do for you, but you know what? We prayed right now, and that's going to that's gonna make a lot of waves. It's already happening. We've been fasting today. We're fasting all the way through noon tomorrow, and this is going to happen. I'm telling you, there are shockwaves going through the the universe right now, and that's exciting to me. Amen. Well, we appreciate uh, your help in leading this endeavor, Cheryl Lee, and for encouraging our listeners to get involved. Again, uh, you can get a copy of that prayer to pray for yourself tomorrow. If you go to Facebook, look for the Declarations and Prayers for the Congregation page um, related to Yes, I Will Pray, and you'll find it right there. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., that'll be... Pacific Time, and Wednesday, the 20th of October. Our thanks to Shirley Sherman for the update. I'm Craig Roberts, 6 o'clock exactly from KFAX San Francisco as we get you an update on, (coughs) choked up again, on traffic.